You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. I'm Justin David Carl, a.k.a. Dragon, and this is the Earn and Invest podcast. We all want to learn the magic of alchemy, to change lead into gold, to revolutionize our lives. I did. I found myself drowning in a job, a life that didn't feel like me. Working 60 hours a week, getting paged and texted all hours of the night, and no longer enjoying interacting with my patients. My golden life had started to feel like a huge pile of lead pulling me down. So I turned to what I thought was the most powerful alchemizer out there, money. If I just had enough money, I could change everything, quit my job, control my time, do whatever I wanted to do. And accumulating enough, however, I realized it was a powerful force of change on the outside. It could change my circumstances, but it couldn't change who I was or who I wanted to strive to be. Only I could do that. Justin David Carl's mission is to inspire and empower people to proactively design and truly live a life worth living. He describes himself as a life alchemist, entrepreneur, holistic well-being thought leader, fitness and money coach, fashionista, and spiritual hipster. He is also the host of the Alchemize Life podcast. Justin David Carl, welcome to Earn and Invest. Fashionista, really? Come on now. You see my dragon hat I'm wearing. I got a blazer on with a tank top underneath. I got some crystals in my pocket. And, uh, you know, it's just a part of who I am is combining that spirituality with uh, a bit of uh, fashion um, and just really bringing my authentic self. Yeah. If you're not watching this on YouTube in the video and you're listening as a podcast, you can't see that Justin has a black dragon hat. He's got a black blazer on. He's, he is looking pretty fashionable. I have to give him that. <laughs> To get a little more serious, in a blog post, I saw that you wrote, like many people, I have been through a lot of darkness in my life. Tell me about some of that darkness. Yeah, so in contrast with your introduction, <laughs> I truly believe that often, if we choose, our darkness can actually be the greatest source of our light. What I mean by that is, when we take on the right mindset, and this is to me the mindset of a life alchemist, that anything and everything is energy that can be utilized to learn, heal, grow, and transform, you realize that some of the most power, powerful energy available to you or to anyone is the darkest, most challenging times of our life. One of the darker periods of my life was after about seven or eight years working in Hollywood nightlife. Um, so I threw some of the hottest parties in Hollywood, uh, you know, where the, all the A-list celebrities and millionaires and billionaires and athletes and just the A-list. In the beginning, you know, I, I fell into it, to be honest. I uh, I did not realize what I was getting myself into. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the dream like I literally, my first night of work, <laughs> Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears like came into the club to get, uh, you know, uh, a table and have a nice night out. And this is back when they were uh, dating. And I had never seen a celebrity in my entire life ever. Um, you know, I grew up in a small town. 
in Washington State. And, you know, I, I went to, I was fortunate enough to go to Stanford University. But even back then, there wasn't like all the, you know, there's kind of like Silicon Valley uh, celebrities now. Um, it wasn't as big back then. I was I was there around 2002. And so I was just like, oh, my God, this is incredible. And I fell deeply intoxicated by the lifestyle, the power, the money, the prestige. Um, literally, I was partying for a living. Even with that fact, I knew within about the first year that long term, this was not going to support the person that I wanted to be in the world, um, that ultimately it was encouraging me to partake in uh, behavior that would degrade my <laughs> myself and my spirit and ultimately the the man that I showed up in the world as. And what I recognized early on was about every year I was becoming a 5 to 10% worse of a person. It's not any one person's fault, just nightclubs, the nightclub business. It's just kind of an inherently darker, more like gray area. You know, there's a lot of drug use. There's a lot of alcohol use. There's a lot of illicit behavior. I got into heavily into drinking. Uh, I was smoking marijuana every single day, all day long. Um, for about five years straight, I got into Adderall without a prescription. Um, you know, I consider myself fortunate that I got into Adderall and not cocaine because, you know, I would say in my own opinion, Adderall is kind of like prescription cocaine, but it's fortunate that it's like, you know, uh, manufactured by, uh, companies and not cut with a bunch of extra stuff that you don't really know what else is in it. But nonetheless, I was essentially bearing all the kind of unhappier, darker emotions in myself for about five plus years. And even though I knew I should have gotten out of the industry, I was so addicted to the money and the prestige and the lifestyle that I was just like, OK, I'm just going to like live the lifestyle and consume the uh, the things that made me happy and functional in, in that world. Eventually. I realized that if I was going to become the man that I wanted to become, which was uh, someone who's making a positive impact in the world, somebody who was a loyal and great husband and a great family man, that I needed to get out of that industry. So my first step to that was to stop smoking marijuana because I had realized that I was one of the most driven people in the world or, or like that I knew maybe not in the world. There's, you know, there's people like <laughs> Elon Musk going to Mars and all that stuff, but I was one of the most driven people I'd ever known. And I realized that by smoking marijuana every day, it kept me just comfortable enough not to make a change. So, um, and I have no problem with people smoking marijuana. I just have a very addictive personality. Like abstinence is infinitely easier than moderation. So I was literally waking up smoking marijuana, smoking before I went to the gym, uh, you know, smoking after the gym, smoking and going hiking, smoking before work, smoking at work, smoking after work, smoking before I went to sleep. So, and I was highly functional. I don't regret that experience because I would say marijuana really allowed me to connect to kind of my more spiritual self. Um, so I don't regret it, but it was totally out of hand, like it, the uh, the amount that I was smoking. And it kept me just happy enough not to, you know, figure out how to transition out of nightlife and into another world um, of life and work and business and who I was. So I stopped smoking, and after about two weeks, I was hit with deep, deep depression. Looking back, I know now what was going on. Uh, Carl Carl Jung, uh, one of the grandfathers of psychology, he said, depression is Mother Nature's way of resetting the psyche. And I had just spent five years suppressing every single non-positive emotion and thought 
with marijuana. And so when I stopped smoking marijuana, all that stuff was ready to come up and start to be released. And I had to emote that in order to release it. So I literally went through about four months straight of suicidal depression. But fortunately, I had some really good people in my life. My mom, uh, who is a psychotherapist, my best friend, uh, Carly, also known as the Phoenix, who is now my wife, um, my father, and my two brothers. And my older brother had uh, his own challenges with uh, drug addiction and suicide. And so by having those people in my life, I was able to, you know, essentially talk with them almost daily about just everything that was coming up for me. And I really was able to hold on to the fact that, like, I didn't want to do that to them. I didn't want to end my life and, like, hurt them, even though I just I was in such a deep, dark place um, where I was just like, you know, I've totally failed. Like technically I dropped out of Stanford and, uh, you know, uh, at, at a technical level, I stopped out of Stanford telling them I'd come back in a year to finish my degree. But then I fell into Hollywood nightlife and eight years later, I still hadn't gotten back to finish my degree. I'm interested in how you got to this place. I mean, I've heard you say you are what you consume. And certainly at this point in your life, you were consuming drugs. You were probably consuming junk food. You were consuming an environment and a culture that you eventually realized weren't serving you. But you weren't always like this. I mean, you're also the guy who discovered Tony Robbins at like a really young age. Um, You had this goal of going to Stanford your North star, you didn't get in yet. You eventually found a way in after they originally didn't take you. Yeah. That isn't sounding like someone who would then leave all that to go to Hollywood nightlife. What happened? Like what changed in there? Yeah, it's a really great question. So my senior year, my grandma who helped raise me with my mother passed away. And so she was like a second mother to me. And, you know, my parents separated when I was uh, in third grade. So my grandma really played like a a significant role in my upbringing. And that was kind of the first major death in my uh, life that I had like where it was a really close family member. You know, there was some people in high school who unfortunately got in car accidents and stuff like that. But it wasn't like, you know, my girlfriend or my best friend or anything like so this really hit home for me. And I had tried to do about a year and a half of uh, worth of internships and investment banking, trying to convince myself that was the career for me after Stanford. And like, even though I knew before I got into it, that wasn't for me, I had to go do it to find out it wasn't for me. And so two kind of things happened. One, my grandma passed away and I didn't know how to deal with that um, emotionally. So I was like, uh, maybe I should take some time off from school. And then secondly, um, I didn't know what to do after Stanford. So I didn't want to finish. And so I was like, I'll stop out. Mm. I'll go kind of like uh, do some more work for like a year and just kind of explore and see like what do I want to do like after Stanford and then I'll come back because ultimately I was really scared because I didn't know what I wanted to do after Stanford and I didn't know where to go. I just knew I didn't want to do investment banking. And so this was kind of my creative idea of how to kind of like figure figure my life out. I was like, I'm just going to go take a break and figure it out. And then, uh, you know, prior to going to Stanford, um, I, I, I actually got reject, rejected on the first time. Uh, I, the full story is I got wait listed. I was probably, I think I, if I remember correctly, eight on the wait list or ex- excuse me, number 16 on the wait list, but they only took, uh, eight people from the wait list. So I didn't get in. And this was a dream I had since like third grade. And so the biggest dream in my life, I, I, I missed it. And that was kind of like the first like mini, uh, dose of like depression. And 
you know, ultimately I was like, I missed the goal that I've been shooting for, for, you know, pretty much nine years. And I was in a total funk, you know, I was pretty young. It wasn't like suicidal depression, but I was like pretty hurt about it. Um, cause I literally asked myself this defining question and everything I did in high school and up to high school was, uh, will this help me get into Stanford or will it, um, hinder me from getting into Stanford. And that's how I lived my life for like, uh, you know, five to nine years with that singular goal. So when I missed it, it really threw me into a funk and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I was really, you know, depressed, but not suicidal. And my mom said to me after about two weeks of me, like moping around, like, Justin, you can either let this break you or you can let it make you. And the choice is yours. And that woke me up. I was like, well, I'm going to make this make me like because I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be an advocate for my best life and I'm going to try again. And so I tried again and I got in, which was incredible because uh, it really taught me that like it pays to get back up when you get knocked down. And that it's uh, some of the best lessons and spirit building comes from when you fail. So uh, that was kind of the the first piece. And then circling back to how I kind of fell into nightlife before I went to Stanford. In that gap year, I went and lived in Barcelona. And it was in Barcelona that I fell in love with the world of nightclubs. And this is related to the whole like fashionista and spiritual hipster and all that stuff, because nightclubs were so awesome to me because they were this incredible mix of fashion, culture, music, art, architecture. It was just like all in one thing. Um, And so I was like, I want to get into nightlife. That's what I was like. I'm going to go explore nightlife. Uh, And I was like, I'll do anything. I will. I will be a bus boy. I don't care. And so I went down to LA, you know, things kind of lined up. So I was able to uh, meet my then girlfriend back back then, uh, not my wife, uh, just somebody else in my past. And I ended up getting that job uh, at a nightclub, then fell into all this, you know, like, like, essentially, like you said, like, one of my core beliefs is you are a product of your environment. So if you want to like transform your life, transform the environments that you're uh, inhabiting. And that can be a work environment. That can be a city that you live in. That can be, you know, what you do in your free time. Uh, That's like the first part. The second part is that you are the average of the five to 10 people that you spend the most energy with. And this can be somebody in person. And uh, this could also be, you know, now with the internet, like you can spend time with a lot of people that normally you couldn't get access to. So, you know, I was just around a lot of people that were doing a lot of drugs and weren't super happy with themselves. So there's there's that. And then as I kind of came out of my depression, I was like, okay. I know what I need to do next. I need to go back and finish this childhood dream of going to Stanford and graduating. I was like, I'm just going to call them and see if they'll take me back. And it was really scary, but I was like, I got nothing to lose because I'm not happy and I need to make a change. I need to get out of this. And the best idea I have is to go back to Stanford. And so I called, I called Stanford up and got on the phone with the right people. And I was like, hey, I know I said I was going to stop out for just a year. I fell into another career. I'm ready to come back and finish my degree. And I had two, I only had two quarters left, which is the uh, funny part. Lo and behold, they were like, great. We'd love to have you come back. We actually have a bunch of people coming back this year. Some people have been gone a quarter or two, and some people have been gone as long as 20 years. And I was like, what? I've only been gone like eight or nine. There's people that have been like double that and they're coming back. And suddenly it was like, 
you know, the world was opening back up to me. And the reason I wanted to go back to Stanford is related to that, like, product of your environment principle. The best environment I'd ever been in in my entire life at that point was Stanford because it was just an incredible uh, environment full of people that were brilliant, good-hearted, and up to really great things in the world. And I was like, I'll just go back there and I'll figure it out. I have no idea what I'll do next. But if I get back there, I can reboot my life. I love this idea of if you want to change who you are, you've got to change that environment, right, to fit who you are. I mean, you're a strikingly successful guy. You were successful in getting into Stanford even when they waitlisted you. You were successful in building this nightlife career, which wasn't serving you, but you did a great job at it. When you finally decided to go back to Stanford, you realized, I need to change my environment once again. But you also came to some realizations. And one of those realizations was about a fear of success. Help me understand that, because you sound like a very successful person, but I've heard you talk about this idea that you were actually afraid of success. Yeah, and that is something that has unfolded in different iterations and layers, like peeling back an onion throughout my life. And it really has come to a head in my understanding as well as my transcendence of that in the last year. So in the last year, I've been working with uh, my own breakthrough coach. And one of my longtime dreams was to have my own podcast. And for about 10 years, I told myself that I would learn how to edit and I would uh, launch a podcast. And I had actually, uh, you know, in those uh, years, actually recorded about mm, three to five different podcasts with some really great people, you know, some people that I met in Hollywood, like America's Next Top uh, Model and uh, some other really awesome people. But I never got around to learning how to edit. And at the beginning of 2022, I asked myself, what am I going to do different this year so that I don't wake up 10 years later and it's now been 20 years of having this dream of launching my podcast? And my wife, she had suggested to me working with an EFT coach, which EFT is emotional freedom technique. And it is a form of therapy that involves uh, tapping on meridians in your body to release uh, suppressed emotions and childhood trauma um, or trauma that you've, you've accumulated throughout the life. And as I was working with this coach at the beginning of 2022, I realized I had this deep-seated fear that if I was more successful than my parents and they could witness it, it would uh, cause me to lose connection with my family. Like I would almost be excommunicated from the tribe. And it was like this primal subconscious fear that I didn't even realize was there. And this is all like really interesting to me because the biggest reason I wanted to go to Stanford subconsciously, and I'm able to say this now is because when my parents separated and my dad left for a couple years, my dad had gone to Stanford and got his MBA there. And so in my, you know, uh, young childhood mind, I was like, well, if I get to Stanford, my dad will like love me and be in my life. And like at the time, I had no conscious realization that I was making these choices, but those are the choices that I made. And then as I got older, it was there was like this fear of outshining my parents because I didn't want them to feel like uh, they're they weren't 
you know, uh, living a great life. And I didn't want them to, you know, not love me. And this is all like crazy when I say it out loud, but this is the kind of stuff that happens to everybody. Like these things happen to us in our childhood that create trauma as well as coping mechanisms and, uh, decisions that, stay with us for years until we decide to deal with them. So I was able to work with my coach and release that fear and even have these conversations with my parents and my family that like, hey, I realize that I'm afraid to shine bright because for some crazy reason, I think that's going to make me lose the love and connection to my family. And, you know, they all... uh, were able to assure me like, Justin, we want you to be successful and bright and shining as bright as you can in this world. And so I was able to release that fear and that trauma working with my coach. And, uh, you know, I launched my podcast, uh, in April of 2022 after working with my EFT coach for four months. We are talking to Justin David Carl. His mission is to inspire and empower people to proactively design and truly live a life worth living. We're going to take a short break. I'm Doc G, and this is the Earn and Invest Podcast. This episode of Earn and Invest is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash earn and get on your way to being your best self. Listen. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right, but sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great, and therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships. I know because when I went to BetterHelp, one of the relationships I wanted help with was that with my father. You see, my father died when I was seven years old, and I had a lot of unresolved issues. My therapist at BetterHelp was actually really good at helping me talk about those issues and start to find answers that normally I would have tried to find with my father, but since he was no longer around, I had to find them on my own, and having a therapist was incredibly impactful in that journey. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com earn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot earn. Have you been using Mint to manage your finances? It was one of my favorite budgeting apps, but here's the problem. Mint is disappearing. Now we all are stuck with the question, how will we manage our budget and finances now? Well, I discovered Monarch Money, and I have to tell you, I found it simple, enjoyable, and made for users like me. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. That's monarchmoney.com slash E-A-R-N. There's so many great things about Monarch. One is it's intuitive. When I signed up, I went to the website, and within minutes... I had had all my accounts downloaded. I connected to all my banks. It is collaborative. It's not only made for people like me, but for people like me to then share it with my spouse or my financial advisor or what have you. And Monarch is so customer focused that they're always looking for ways to improve and make their product serve us better. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash earn. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-A-R-N for your extended 30-day free trial. Let me reintroduce you. We are talking to Justin David Carl. He describes himself as a life alchemist, entrepreneur, holistic well-being thought leader, fitness and money coach, fashionista, and spiritual hipster. Justin, the name of your podcast is Alchemized Life. And we were just talking about this idea of kind of dealing with your own inner demons about success and outperforming your parents. 
you got to this point in life where you started understanding that. But I'm interested in this idea of how we then alchemize our lives. How do we then take this knowledge and change? Tell me about the title of the podcast and this concept of how we alchemize life. How, how did it come to you and, and what does it mean? The reason I chose alchemize is because it is the verb or the action form of alchemist or alchemy. And alchemy, one definition of alchemy is the seemingly magical process of combination, creation, and transformation. And I'm a firm believer that humans are meant to learn, heal, grow, and transform together. We don't do this in isolation. We, you know, I would say most of the world doesn't go off and meditate in a cave for months on end. We actually have to alchemize our own life um, with others, with family members, etc. And so for me, I wanted to have a title for first my blog, which has now become a podcast that was basically affirming the process of alchemizing my life. So it's like a um, almost like a command, alchemize life, like take action and create transformation. And you can do that by interacting with other people, other ideas, books, podcasts, workshops, etc. But there's always a process of combination, creation, and then transformation, right? And I'm a firm believer in the idea that two by two, we heal. And this is, um, you know, why to me, like it made so much sense that as I worked with my EFT breakthrough coach, like I was able to create this podcast and transform and finally, you know, show myself as successful in the world, um, at a, you know, a very, very, um, <laughs> uh, visual, uh, sense, you know, I'm online, I'm talking about my net worth. I'm talking about my success. I'm talking about all my business endeavors. I'm talking about my health and my fitness. And so for me, I just wanted a podcast that always reminded me of the process that I continually need to go through, as well as encourage other people to continually embrace. And the reason I'm so passionate about that is because it's taking on the right mindset. So you can either believe that life happens to you or life happens for you. And both are true. It just depends on which you want to believe, right? So you can play the victim, life happens to me, poor me, or you can be the life alchemist and say life happens for me. So this super crazy, challenging, terrible thing that's going on in my life, though I'm like, wouldn't necessarily wish it upon someone else, I know that I can harness the energy, the experience to ultimately transform my life to the next level. Yeah, I mean, I, I really connect with this idea. Is it's really about the stories we tell ourselves about the things that happen to us. And the question which you're asking is, are you going to tell yourself good magical stories about those things? Or are you going to tell us poor me stories about those things? You mentioned net worth earlier, and I yep. know that you also discovered Mr. Money Mustache, Pete Aidney. How does money fit into all this? Because we're really talking about mindset. We're talking about self-improvement. Where does the money come in? Money is energy, right? Money is a man-made idea. Like we all got together and decided that, hey, we're all going to agree that this idea called money holds value. And that is a literally just a, a energy thought form that back in the day was put into physical objects of like coins and then dollars. And now like tons of money is completely digital. It's like, you know, 
ethereal almost, right? And again, it's just this idea or this form of energy that keeps like transforming into different shapes. Now we have like cryptocurrency and like, you know, there's all these things. And so for me, what I realized is that money was really attractive to me because again, going back to my childhood, my parents, um, you know, uh, one of the big reasons my parents separated <laughs> was money. Uh, my, my, my parents were, you know, they had a farm and the farm failed and they went broke and, you know, had to file for ba- bankruptcy and that like crushed their spirits. And it took them a long time to recover from that. And I just remember growing up and being like stressed out to even ask for like new soccer shoes and, uh, so when I was a kid, I was like my dream, uh, even before the dream of going to Stanford came along was to be a millionaire, to be rich, because that would, I would finally be free once I got, you know, uh, became rich because, and that would solve all the problems I went through growing up. Um, or so I thought, um, and so when I discovered uh, Mr. Money Mustache at the end of 2017, and this is after, uh, shortly after I finally finished Stanford University, I finally got my degree. I finally completed that dream. And I, you know, stumbled upon, as many people have, the uh, shockingly simple math behind early retirement. And that was so powerful to me because I've never had a problem earning money. I've my entire life always been great at making money. Like even as a kid, I would make things in elementary school, like in second grade, take them to school and sell them to kids. And I like at a very young age saved up like 500 bucks, like, you know, probably around the age of like eight or nine, which is an insane amount of money for a child that young and 500 bucks back then was worth a lot more than it is now. And this ties into uh, what I was that fear of like uh, success. My older brother ended up stealing that money from me. Hmm. So another reason it took me so long to like really step out and like claim myself as financially independent multimillionaire is because I had this deep rooted fear that like someone would try to take my money uh, someone in my family would try to take my money. So that was another thing I had to work on with my coach. Ultimately, I realized that, heck, if I had understood this whole concept of financial independence while I was working in Hollywood nightlife, when I was making like two hundred to $300,000 a year, I could have been financially independent easily within the eight years that I was in that career. And so I basically was like, okay, cool. Well, it's never too late. Like I learned that with Stanford. I didn't get in on the first time, right? I messed up, but it's, and it's like, okay, I squandered all that wealth that I had made in Hollywood, but that doesn't mean I can't change. I can't transform. I can't use that experience to give me the energy to like completely transform my money journey. And basically, I became financially independent in two years after reading that uh, article. And I went from negative 80,000. I was uh, in credit card debt. I had school loans and I was six years behind on my taxes. Mm -hmm. And in two years, I became a millionaire. It's interesting you say that, right? Because we always talk about how money really is about mindset. It's not necessarily about how much you make. Yeah. For you, that was very true because you always had that ability to make a lot of money, but yeah. you never had the mindset that would allow you to accumulate it. Correct. I could see naysayers listening to the story and they're saying, look, this is a story of alchemy. It's a story of self-improvement, but isn't there a selfish aspect to self-improvement? I mean, it sounds like if we go down this route, we're going to be very in our own heads. What about the world and the community as a whole? I love this question because this is really the current expression within my life and my expression in the world at this point in my life where I'm really turning around and I'm starting to use the energy that I've accumulated 
in order to make a positive impact in the lives of others. So, you know, you mentioned earlier this, like, you know, I discovered Tony Robbins at a really young age. And, you know, one of my other dreams was to be a, a coach, you know, to empower people to really build their best life, whatever that is for them. So also, uh, you know, one of my long time dreams was actually to have a fitness and money coaching program um, where I could empower others to get the body of their dreams and finally uh, achieve financial success. And so uh, also working with my coach, and I was also in a mastermind uh, with Peter Crone, um, who's kind of like a, like a coach and a thought leader in human performance. I launched my own fitness and money coaching program, Fit Rich Vegan, last year. Um, and so now I've uh, empowered dozens of people to really get in the best shape of their life and really start to create financial freedom for themselves. And the reason I created a coaching program is because I recognized the power that coaches and masterminds had in my own life. So one of the ways or two of the ways that I became a millionaire in two years is because I had a money mastermind that I attended every single month. And I had multiple coaches uh, around money and my career who taught me how to earn like a total beast. And I also, they, um, my coaches and the people in my mastermind told me, like taught me, um, you know, how to build wealth. Right. And each month I would go to this mastermind looking forward to either a sharing the success that I had created, uh, on my financial independence journey in the last month, or to be like, this is the current challenge I'm running into like help me kind of like mastermind this, like out myself out of this challenge or, you know, what is the next step of my plan? And the mastermind and the coaching empowered me to really rocket ship my way to financial independence. And the other thing that I recognized is that very few people will go seek uh, financial independence on their own. Like it is still very much like a subculture, a niche, right? Like as a percentage of population, the people that are super uh, passionate about becoming financially independent and literally proactively working their way there, it's a tiny, tiny, tiny percent of the population. And most people need accountability and skin in the game. And if anything, for most people is given to them for free, right? They don't do anything with it. But if they've invested, if they put their own money into it, they're like, well, heck, I'm going to like, I'm not going to be the reason that I don't get in great shape. I've paid for coaching and now I have someone who's like leveling me up. And I, uh, you know, in my fitness and my money, and this is what happened with my fitness. So for most of my life, I hated my body. I could never get a six pack. I could never, you know, get the muscular physique that I dreamed of having, you know, like the guys I saw in muscle and fitness and whatnot. And then I got an online coach and I did it in six months. I need to back up here because this is, I think people are really going to want to know the specifics. You went from whatever, 60, $70,000 credit card debt, et cetera to being a millionaire within two, three years. How did you specifically do that? I mean, was it online courses? Was it building up coaching? What I know you also had a nine to five job at the time. Like what specifically did you do to build wealth? Yeah, great question. So um, when I was at Stanford, I was, I had the great fortune to become a founding team member of a Stanford startup. Um, currently called Garten, formerly called Oh My Green. And uh, essentially what the company uh, does is we manage many of the employee experience benefits for companies, specifically the snack programs and the catering programs and the well-being uh, programming, you know, like yoga and fitness boot camps and all that stuff. And this like 
like I said, I went back to Stanford to figure out what to do next. I could have never predicted that I would become part of a Stanford startup, but that was another one of my dreams. So I had to, and this is kind of like a theme in my life. Like I had to just take the next step, you know, like Indiana Jones, when he has to like cross the chasm and he can't see, and he just has to go on faith and take the next step and the next step. So that's what I did at Stanford. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like fell into uh, uh, this this startup, became you know a founding team member, the fourth employee, and I had been in sales in one form or another pretty much my entire life. I was a waiter in high school. Uh, in Hollywood nightlife, I really focused on kind of like where all the money was, which was in bottle service. So all the VIPs, they come in and spend anywhere between $2,000 and $30,000 on uh, table service or bottle service, which I I know sounds crazy, but like wealthy people do crazy stuff with their money. <laughs> and And so I recognized I was really good at sales. And I really enjoyed it. So at Garten, even though I had the opportunity to really do whatever I want, I chose to focus on um, sales. So I was an enterprise salesperson. So I would uh, sell our services of snack programs, catering, uh, well-being programs to uh, tech companies, uh, first within the Bay Area and then across the nation. And the incredible thing about sales is many sales uh, careers or jobs have uncapped commissions. And when I finally got my career coaches, they were like, I was earning maybe around, I don't know, 150, 200 grand a year, which in the Bay Area is not very much. Now, across the US, it's a, it's a lot. But the Bay Area, like, it's incredibly high cost of living. And so like, you're not going to become a millionaire. like earning only 150 or 2000 uh 200,000 in a few years like it's going to take decades. And so what my coaches uh taught me was like Justin in the Bay Area for people who are working in sales in tech the top sales people earn $500,000 to a million dollars a year and you can totally do that. And suddenly that coaching opened me up to the possibility of earning significantly more than I'd ever earned in my life. So within uh, the first year of that coaching, I went from about like 200,000 to uh, just a little bit under 500,000. And then uh, the second year, I went over $700,000 in a year. And then by the third year, I made almost $900,000 in a year. And at the same time, I discovered financial independence. So instead of upgrading my lifestyle, I just stacked cash, invested like crazy. Like I was literally, some months I was making $80,000, $90,000 a month and I was just socking it in to uh, the stock market. And like I built up my wealth incredibly fast. So it sounds like you figured out the money, you figured out fitness, you became a vegan, you were figuring out mindset. Does alchemizing ever end? Do we stop alchemizing our life? Do we say, okay, I'm now here. I can let it go a little bit. I think there is nuance to the answer to that. So I don't think it ever ends, but I think just like there are ebbs and uh, flows to, you know, the way the ocean goes or the way that business cycles go or macroeconomic cycles. There are times when the alchemizing is more intense and extreme. And then there are times where it's a lot less, but just like the ocean never stops moving, like alchemizing our life never ceases. And I would say, you know, uh, with my spiritual beliefs, like the final alchemization of this life is death, but then our spirit or our soul goes on to alchemize in other ways. And maybe that's being reborn. And then we go through another, you know, journey of evolution um, to evolve our spirit. But, uh, you know, that's probably uh, a conversation either for another podcast uh, <laughs> episode on this show or maybe a different, completely different podcast. 
So in closing, I feel like I can't end this interview without asking one very important question. How did you get the nickname The Dragon? Uh, short answer is my wife, Carly, a.k.a. The Phoenix, and she nicknamed me Dragon probably close to 15 to 20 years ago because we were just always really into like spiritual things. So we discovered uh, our love of like crystals and tarot cards together. And, you know, through our conversations, she realized like how much I love dragons. Like one of like, as a kid, I read a ton of fantasy books and I was always obsessed with dragons. So she started calling me dragon. I started calling her Phoenix. And then when I joined the Stanford startup garden, the CEO and founder within the first couple of days of work, it might even be in the first day I started working. He was like, you have to have an avatar. I'm Captain Kirk. Who are you? And I was like, well, all my friends in LA and my, you know, my, my uh, best friend at the time calls me dragon. So I'm dragon. And ultimately what that nickname has become is it just captures my fiery spirit and magical approach to life. Well, Justin, David, Carl, I wanted to thank you for coming on the show today. As I reflect on what we talked about, I go back to my introduction, this idea of alchemy is changing something like lead into gold. It's transformation. The thing about it is I think most of the world thinks of alchemy as magic. And I think there is something magic and subtle to it, but it's also very intentional. Like to really transform as human beings, we have to transform our environment. We have to transform our thoughts. Sometimes we have to even transform what we eat and put into our body. All of these things are very intentional. They're not magic at all. And yet they are still alchemy, maybe not in the traditional way we think about it. Um, So I'm excited that your podcast is there to help us learn how to intentionally alchemize life. I want to end this episode the way and every episode by asking you what is up next in your life. And specifically, if people want to know more, how can they reach out to you? So first and foremost, what is up next for Justin David Carl? Continuing my journey of alchemization and self-actualization. So really just continuing to step more into thought leadership around positive transformation in all the various forms online, through my coaching program, Fit Rich Vegan, through my podcast, Alchemize Life, uh, through my work with Garten and working with, you know, companies and empowering their employees. And, you know, even just in my own life with my family, with my wife, with my friends. So it's just continuing the beautiful journey of alchemizing life. And what is the best way to get in touch with you if people have questions or want to reach out? Best place is Instagram. So it's at Justin David Carl is easiest way. I'm very active on Instagram. But, uh, you know, if you're not on Instagram, you can just go to my blog uh, or my website, alchemizelife.com. And uh, you can also just use justindavidcarl.com because it'll forward you to alchemizelife.com. Well, Justin Carl, or should I say Dragon, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on Earn and Invest today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's a wrap. Earn and Invest is now part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to this show as well as other fine podcasts. Awesome. I let things keep going just to catch some after show that I include as part of the show. Perfect. Yeah, there's there's one thing I wanted to share. You can decide if you want to put it in there. Go ahead. So there's these three principles that I have. You're a product of your environment. You're the average of the five to 10 people you spend the most energy with. And the third one is you are what you consume. And this includes food, information, experiences, social media, music, movies, books, podcasts, etc. So if you want to alchemize your life, change your environment, 
like bring in different people into your life, whether that's listening to their podcast, reading their books, getting a coach, um, and then change what you consume, right? The, the social media that you're consuming, the books that you're consuming, um, the uh, entertainment that you're putting in to your uh, mind uh, via your eyes and your ears. And if you want to transform your health, you know, transform what you're putting in your mouth. So that's kind of the other part that I thought about seeing if I could fit it in there in the show, but I didn't want to like you, come you in. You did. You actually, you didn't, you didn't talk about the nutrition portion, but you talked about everything else. You talked about yeah. the first two principles more. Um, yeah. And I, I had read that. So I was aware of that. Um, yeah. And I wanted to make sure we got that in, but I'm going to leave that as part of the after show. Tell me about podcasting. So this was something that you had hemmed and hawed over and had kept putting off. How does yeah. it feel now to have your podcast? You know, it's so cool to be on your podcast right now because uh, this week I just released an episode with my uh, uh, EFT coach um, mm -hmm. who and we talked about the kind of process of working with me and kind of unleashing and unblocking myself. And then next week, uh, I'm releasing an episode with Peter Crone, uh, and it was in his mastermind, uh, the coaching edition that I like signed up for his mastermind because it was that it was that same thing. I was like, okay, what am I going to do different this year? So I'm not in the same place next year. So in addition to getting, you know, my EFT breakthrough coach, I also signed up for the six month mastermind. And I signed up on it because uh, one of my good friends, uh, he was doing it. But I didn't realize at the time that it was the coaching edition. I just was like, oh, it's a mastermind. It's about positive transformation. Yeah. Great. I sign up for it. And I had tried to launch a coaching program, uh, just pure fitness, five years prior. Totally failed. Didn't get it off the ground. It was heartbreaking. Like I put so much work into it. Couldn't get anyone to sign up. And I just was like, I guess that dream is dead. And then I like, I sign up for this mastermind and then like, Weeks after I'd paid, you know, in full for it, like, I think it was in the first session. I was like, like, oh, <laughs> I was like, this is the coaching edition. Like, I don't even want, like, I'm not a coach. What am I doing here? And then I started going through the mastermind, started working with my EFT breakthrough coach. And then like, this is where like life is just so magical. I'm talking with one of my friends who is uh, like a vegan fitness coach. And I just in passing mentioned to him yeah, I've always wanted to have a fitness and money coaching program. And he was like, oh yeah, we should talk. Hmm. And he's my business partner. Yeah. yeah. So again, I couldn't have predicted that would happen. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's, it's fairly interesting. You know, the two things that people don't, you know, we don't talk about a lot, but a having the open mind and then just not saying, oh, you can't do this or this can't happen. Just having the complete open mind. But the other thing that's really true is having enough fuel in the form of money helps quite a bit oh my right? God. because Heck yeah. like when you're doing well in your job or whatever, and you have money coming in, you're like, yeah, I'm going to invest in myself. Like I'm yeah. going to spend $10,000 or $5,000 on this coaching program, or I am going to like, and you don't 100%. think, and you don't think twice about it, but if you don't have money, it's really hard to do those things. And those things are so beneficial in the end. Yeah. Dead serious. I would say even beyond like investing in index funds, investing in yourself uh, is literally the best investment. And when you're younger and have less money, that can come in the form of like books and, you know, uh, free content like podcasts. But like, you know, if you look at all the most successful people in the world, they all invest heavily in their own uh, personal development. They have multiple coaches. Uh, you know, they have uh, all so sorts of things that they're constantly doing to empower them to up level. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people uh, that are super successful now that they invested in themselves when they didn't have the money. Like they literally paid for the coaching by putting it on a credit card. Mm -hmm. Like and like, you know, that wasn't me. Uh, and I'm not saying uh, that's for everybody. But for some people, that's like the kind of like paradigm shattering like step that they have to take yep. um and uh you know i have people like that in my coaching program who are like uh this is like the most i've ever invested in myself and it's a stretch but then like 
they join the coaching program and they start like actually starting to learn how to really master their money and they start to become free. You know, they start to become, uh, you know, get on that path to financial freedom. Um, and they just need some guidance, right. From somebody who has their best interest at hand. Um, and they're willing to put in the work because they made the investment. So they want to make sure that investment, uh, creates a great return. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. From the terrifying power of tornadoes to sizzling summer temperatures, AccuWeather Daily brings you the top trending weather-related story of the day, seven days a week. You can learn a lot in just a few minutes with stories about impending hurricanes, winter storms, or even what not to miss in the night sky. So listen and subscribe to AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts. That's AccuWeather Daily wherever you get your podcasts.